Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends, offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Where is Miracle Mile? How does God take a man who was the first in his family to graduate from college then earn a law degree. This is the story of Sam Acevedo, a lawyer, educational leader, and pastor. A narrative of persistence, love, celebration, and hope for the lost and hurting. A life resonant of Ecclesiastes 3, a time to dance, even with tambourines. We pause to remind you the reason we have the Good Life program is to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong, my friend, so strong that he died on the cross for your sins. He shed his blood on that cross. He was buried, yes, and rose again on the third day, offering God's hope. And it's our prayer today, dear one, if you have not Open your heart to Christ. You've never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, that you would indeed do so. Do you hear his voice? Would you open your heart to Christ? Will you turn from your way to God's way? That's called repentance. That's our prayer. And my friend, if you already know the Lord, well, I believe that Sam Acevedo is going to be used by God to build you up. Sam Acevedo is the pastor of social transformation at Congregación León de Judá in Boston, Massachusetts. In that capacity, Pastor Sam serves as the executive minister overseeing Miracle Mile Ministries. He served as the executive director of the Boston Higher Education Resource Center, or HERC, since its founding in 1999. He holds a bachelor's degree from Stetson University and a JD cum laude from Boston College Law School. He's married to Marina. Sam, welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Danny. Uh, it's, a, it's a joy uh, to be here, a joy to be with you, and it's an honor to be in your presence. I'm very grateful to the Lord for um, our own budding friendship. Um, of course, I've, I, too, have been inspired by the way the Holy Spirit has worked through your life uh, and your incredible testimony of um, the Lord literally f- picking you up from a mountainside. And um, so it's a, it's a joy to be here with you and, um, and anyone who happens to be listening today. We thank God for these divine moments and mm-hmm. these friendships that he blesses us with. Take us back. Where did you grow up? Well, uh, <laughs> the uh, you would think that if there was a, a, a question that would have a simple answer, it would be that one. But I actually grew up in a couple of places. And I, that, too, 
as a, a product of the Lord's grace. I was, uh, I was born uh, in New York City um, in, um, uh, in the part of town uh, known in English as Spanish Harlem, um, in Spanish as El Barrio. Um, as it turns out, Danny, uh, my wife Marina and I were just there yesterday. Uh, we, I, I have um, a, a beloved madrina, which kind of um, translates loosely as my godmother. Uh, but uh, she's, she's closer to that. She's now 82. She's, cl- she's my last living relative still living in New York City. Most of us have moved out since then. Um, but there she still is on a, you know, at, uh, at in the projects on 102nd and 2nd Avenue. Uh, I was born, uh, my first address was a few blocks from there um, on, uh, on, on 108th Street. And my dad was a pastor for many years um, uh, of the... Uh, uh, of a, an Assemblies of God Church, uh, La Iglesia Cristiana Betania, a Bethany Christian Church, uh, which is on 103rd Street between Lexington and Park, just as you emerge from the sixth train. Um, and we, uh, we lived there uh, for a time and in the South Bronx, uh, which I also got to drive through yesterday. Um, uh, but for about 18 years of my life, which, which it's, it's one of those Joseph events where the Lord turning something that could have been very, very bad and using it for our good. My um, uh, dad, uh, one night when I was around eight years old, um, had a brain aneurysm that, uh, you know, ruptured. And back in the 70s, you don't... You had no way of knowing you had one of those until they just popped up. Um, it didn't kill him, but it took out his optic nerve overnight. Um, he was, you know, thirty, you know, just you know, just just over thirty years old when that happened, and um, uh, and he continued to pastor that church for another year, um, blind as he was. Uh, but there were three of us, my, my um, sister Rachel, my brother Carlos, and myself. And uh, my older brother Anthony, who's 12 years my senior. And he said, you know, I, ca- I can't raise. I, I, could, I could probably continue pastoring here in the city, even without my sight, indefinitely. But I, I, I can't raise three kids in the South Bronx. I don't trust the environment without really keeping an eye on things. Um, especially that Sam, he could, you know, Sam is likely to get into trouble. So, um, so we moved at, you know, in, in 1972 to Orlando, Florida. Um, there were still some attractions at Disney World that had the coming soon sign on it. It was very all new and paint still fresh. And I, you know, from about fifth grade, till the time I graduated from college, um, those 18 years I spent in Orlando uh, in a very, very different setting. Um, So it's, you know, it's one of those things where 
I'm not sure that you and I would be having this conversation uh, at this moment if it weren't for that awful night in the South Bronx where dad lost his sight. I think it's just one of many, you know, um, moments of uh, simultaneous hardship and grace uh, that I think explain um, why, you know, I, um, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in evolutionary science, they speak of one strange aberration that sort of changes the species. And there were moments of grace in my life that, uh, that contributed to my becoming something of an aberration. Um, I don't know if that awful night had happened that, you know, would I have, would, what would the circumstances have been? Um, which is why we thank the Lord for those, you know, those tough nights. Um, uh, whereas, you know, as Joseph explained to his, his brothers, this, the, maybe the, maybe you intended my harm. But the Lord turned this all for my good. So the aberration may well be an act of God's mercy. Yep. His grace. Potentially a new beginning. Yeah. We're privileged because we have access uh, to a God who's determined to bless us. And if, you know, if, if uh, he's living life through us, um uh that he should bless us and project his blessing through us is inevitable they lived that way his and parents, i picked up on that his parents indeed lived that way his his father survived a, a brain aneurysm was blinded he grew up in the bronx and uh, spanish harlem and ended up growing growing up in his in his older teenage years in his well younger and older teenage years in Orlando Florida you're listening to Pastor Sam Acevedo when we come back you're going to hear more from him as we speak about Miracle Mile Ministries as we talk about the Boston Higher Education Resource Center it's a it's an organization which enables at risk Latino and other first generation youth to gain access to a higher education. We're talking about breaking the cycle of poverty and becoming leaders in the community, that and more. Have you heard of Methadone Mile? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Famously beneath the bed James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. 
www.thepeopleshow.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. He is the pastor for social transformation at the Congregacion Leon de Judá in Boston. He is serving as the executive minister overseeing Miracle Mile Ministries. You can find out more about Miracle Mile Ministries at MiracleMileMinistries.com. Again, MiracleMileMinistries.com. Pastor Sam, let's talk a bit about your your journey of faith, Amen. your relationship with Christ, and, and how that, that shaped your perspective mm. of education and going from a law career to one as an educational leader. Amen. Sure. So, um, it, of course, you know, uh, a lot, of, uh, you, you could almost say that my faith journey began in vitro, you know, with, cause I, I was, I had the good fortune of, um, of growing up, um, in a household where my mom and dad were, were, were pastors that of course, you know, there's no guarantee that we find our faith ourselves or, but it, 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 uh, I was able to see, you know, I, I grew up seeing uh, just this pattern of um, uh, how, um, you know, my, you know, my mom and my dad each, but my, my, you know, my dad was very much a, um, a man who, was, you know, stepped out boldly in faith um, and, you uh, and I guess at around the age of 12, I made a conscious decision to accept the Lord as my Savior um, and, uh, and, and, and to actually know what that meant. Um, and, 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 and at that time, you know, uh, I, I, I believe that our we have a faith journey, and that was the first step in my faith journey. My, you know, my met my own metanoia, my own, uh, you know, uh, surrendering to the Lord. It, it, at least this, or at least at that point, calling Him my Savior. Um, and uh, I, you know, I was baptized uh, uh, at that age, and. Um, Actually, you know, it, it um, had an encounter with the Holy Spirit at that age. Uh, and it was something very, very real, uh, real enough so that um, I, I mentioned that I, I was just in New York this, um, um, this weekend. Uh, and uh, I was sharing with my wife on the way over as we just, dry, you know, uh, going through the streets of my old neighborhood, um, and that godmother that I uh, I, uh, I mentioned, turns out I spent the summer of my um, um, of my twelfth year, my twelve uh, my summer as a twelve year old, 
with my with her her mom and dad, me, my tío Alberto, my uncle Alberto, and my titi Ines, my aunt Ines, and actually <laughs> was one of those twelve year old itinerant preachers. I I um, I was very vocal even like then and and preached my first sermon at the age of twelve and and. Uh, uh, that summer just, you know, bopped around from one venue to another, uh, um, sharing the word at that age with people. Um, and uh, I, I had a relationship with the Lord, and the Holy Spirit dwelled in me. But there were entire continents of my life where the Lord needed to go deeper. Well, let's pause there for a moment. Uh, take us a bit down that road towards a level of depth. How did your relationship, fast-forwarding, as you went into your legal profession mm-hmm. as a as a litigator for uh, as an assistant corporation counsel litigating juvenile delinquency cases in New York City's family court, and then moving? becoming part of uh, Congregacion Leon de Judá. How did your relationship with Dr. Roberto Miranda form you mm. as a follower of Christ? Well, yeah, that, that, that is, um, uh, that's probably the, you know, the most formative tale to get there. Um, I, I guess the, the place to start is is just a little bit before that and what was i how, how on earth did i end up in boston and you know and how on earth did i end up uh, at boston college law school and in the legal profession to begin with and for that i think it's um it's important to, for folks to hear that uh, at the age of 25 that young man who had been, you know, who was at, you know, as a 12-year-old sort of like itinerant preacher, at the age of 25, I thought my life was over. What happened? Well, um, uh, in college, although I professed Jesus as my Savior, you know, um, there were just, you know, there were just some huge mistakes that I made as I managed my own life. And um, I was, you know, uh, at the age of 25, I uh, found myself in New York again after living in uh, Florida uh, and graduating from college. I married a young lady that I had met in college, and, um, and the, the marriage l- lasted a record of, I think, 18 months we maybe lived together for seven of those months and a lot of things went wrong a lot of things went wrong and this weekend i was actually i think the lord purposely allowed me and i didn't this didn't dawn on me um until this of all weekends this weekend i found myself in the same living room of that same apartment in the projects uh, in Manhattan on 102nd and 2nd Street just yesterday. And I recall this is the, this is the spot where 
In February of 1989, I rolled off of my cot, the roller, I had, you know, nothing to my name. And this, you know, had a bachelor's degree, but besides that, what looked like a shattered life. And how does this happen? Well, I said that I invited Jesus to become my savior at the age of 12. But that night, the Lord was demanding to become my Lord. That's different, you know, that, that's a, that's a different level of commitment. And I, you know, uh, uh, that night in the, in, on a, in that apartment, in the apartment 10B of 230 East 102nd Street in New York, I rolled off this you know, roll away bed that uh, my madrina had set up for me in the living room. And I said, Jesus, if you want my life so bad, don't know why, but you can have it. Uh, I have no idea what you're going to do with it at this point. I've really royally messed this up. But whatever it is that you want with my life, you're free to take it. Within a year, year and a half of that prayer, I was in Boston at Boston College Law School. The one proviso I said to the Lord is, I, I, whatever we do, you know, uh, like Jonah, I, you know, like trying to get away from Nineveh, I want nothing to do with ministry. But I'll, I'll be happy to serve you, Master, in any, in any sort of way. But my life is yours. Do with it what you want. want. Asterisk on the, right. on the surrender. Right? Well, the Lord, the Lord, I think, had great fun with the asterisk. And when I got to Boston, he was just smiling because I, I played right into him. And um, uh, I met, uh, I, I, I went for four months without finding a church, and I, and I was looking for one, one that would just fit. And my parents somehow had reached out to um, uh, someone who had just who had just visited the church that would become the Congregation Line of Judah, that lady gave me a call um, uh, at the little room that I was living in in law school and said, would you mind if I give your name and your number to Pastor Roberto Miranda, the pastor of that little church? And I said, sure. And I sit inside, I thought, like, he's really going to call me. Like, no, come on, he's not, you know, he doesn't know me from Adam's off ox. To my surprise, I get this call from this perfect stranger. And we're on the phone for 45 minutes. And I felt like this man had known me all my life. Uh, and, he, and he, of course, he invited me to, ch- you know, church. And I, uh, I, um, I show up to church that, that next Sunday and um, uh, I see this pastor with this Fidel Castro beard. Uh, I, I, of course, in my Pentecostal roots, I, I used to joke, the, the only people who were allowed to wear beards were the women. So uh, uh, here he is, here's this, this pastor with his beard and this anointing. And he, he, we just instantly hit it off. Um, I'd say a, 
within the year of that, you know, I was still a first year law student. Um, and uh, we, we, we often went out, out to eat somewhere and he shared with me the spring of my first year in law school, this revelation. He said, Sam, don't get too used to this, your, your, this, the legal profession. Sooner or later, God has a calling over your life. And he, you know, and uh, uh, he, he'll find a way to use what you're learning in law school and, you know, and you'll get to practice. But I think in the long run, God has a calling over your life, and 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 uh, and and I, I think you're going to be of use to the kingdom of God. Well, my first response to that, Danny, was not hallelujah. I was actually very angry with this man <laughs> for about 24 hours, and I thought, you know, and I just said to myself and to the Lord, "Where does this guy come off? Who is this man?" to, you know, I'm, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to be in debt into my 80s, and, uh, and, and this is supposed to be, the, you know, my, my, my life's direction and career. Who is this guy to say this to me? And the Holy Spirit responded, this is a guy who has done precisely that. You know, here he is with, a, with an education from, you know, um, Phillips Andover and uh, BA from Princeton and uh, a PhD from Harvard. And on the cusp of his PhD in Romance languages, you know Roberto Dr. Roberto Miranda gives that up to the to be the pastor of a church of maybe 25 souls. And the truth is, you know over time, you know, I began to see that God had a purpose for the city of Boston. And somehow this little church, at that, that time it had grown to a church of maybe two or 300 souls, was going to have a role in it. And that, I, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of it. I didn't want to miss out. Of course, I graduate from law school in 1993. And uh, I... You know, uh, my first job as a lawyer took me back to New York, this time for my last stint there, Um, and this time working for the Office of Corporation Counsel, um, the New York City Law Department, um, prosecuting juvenile delinquency cases under uh, Rudy Giuliani's New York City. This is the 90s. And this is, you know, the war on drugs. I was litigating about, I mean, if you're right out of law school and you want to be a litigator, New York City and the New York City Family Court, are you kidding? This is Top Gun. Um, and I was, I, was, I was trying 160 cases a year. 160 cases. And most of those, but no, not most. Every one of those, though, here's the tragedy. Every one of them, Danny, for you to be in that courtroom, you had to be under the age of 16. Either that, if you were older than 16, 
You were part of the criminal justice system. So it was kind of a game. You know, you had the, at least the way I saw it is, I had until this young person's, young person turns 16, to be able to introduce this person to services and um, and ha- see this person's life turn around. And we're talking about, I mean, young people were, were there for everything from uh, petty theft, chain snatches, to, you know, um, uh, possession of armed weapons, you know, uh, loaded guns in schools and things like this. The most serious case was a homicide. Um, but m- the vast majority, I'd say 70 plus percent of those cases were were um, crack cocaine cases. I'm thinking back to Dr. Roberto Miranda's words to you, Sam. Pastor Sam, don't get too used, too to, used it. to it. And he remained my mentor. See, the th- thing is, throughout those six years in New York, I I frequently came to Boston. He remained my you know my ex officio pastor and my mentor. And the whole time, Danny, that I'm in the court system and seeing these kids, you know, uh, 15, 13, 12 was the youngest. 11, actually, was the youngest I'd seen. Turnstiling in and out of the New York City justice system, I knew in my gut, I said, you know, Lord, whatever else happens, I mean, I, I know, Danny, I've, you know, even while I was in, in uh, seeing New York City um, use its, its, you know, its um, ample resources of this city, and we're talking about in 1990 dollars, 20,000 1990 dollars per child. And meanwhile, I would see kids who were gang involved and coming from homes where there's, you know, drugs and violence and so on, you know, stumble into some little Pentecostal church in the Bronx. They have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and I'm witnessing their lives being transformed and changed. Speaking of lives transformed and changed, I'm going to come back to that Okay. uh, when we return from our break. Because of how you're your legal profession and the legal training and experiences circle back to a a prophetic grace as it were that Dr. Miranda had on you when he said those words to you while you were first starting in law school and how that translated to Herc and how that is translating today with Miracle Mile Ministries. More from Pastor Sam Acevedo. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. A police officer found a girl crying on the sidewalk one day. What's wrong, he asked. I'm lost, she said. Do you have your parents' phone number, he asked. No, she said. What about your address? No, she began to sob. Suddenly, she stopped, and her eyes brightened. What happened, the officer asked. I remember, she said. There's a church near my house, and at the top of the church, there's a cross. 
take me to the cross. Take me to the cross. Because when I see the cross, I'll be able to find my way home. My friend, if you feel like you've lost your way, turn to the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Will you turn to Jesus? Open your heart to Him and find your way home to God. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. As pastor for social transformation at Congregacion Leon de Judá, Pastor Sam serves as the executive minister, minister overseeing Miracle Mile Ministries. It's a collaborative of churches devoted to a sustained, deliberate, strategic response. We're talking volunteers, nutrition, clothing, love, and and so much more to the area called Miracle Mile. That's a two-square-mile area in the south end of Boston, also referred to as Mass and Cass or Methadone Mile. Sam Acevedo joins us today. Miracle Mile Ministries Find out more at MiracleMileMinistries.com. And if you're tuning in right now or maybe caught the tail end of the last segment, you can get this program in its entirety. Just go to DrDanny.live. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any major podcast platform. And go ahead and share it with a family member or friend. Circling back to that moment, you've got this training. You're in Top Gun in New York City as a lawyer, graduated from Boston College Law School. How does the Lord bring you back and how did that relate with higher education resources? Excellent question. Um, So as I said, Pastor Roberto Miranda, Dr. Roberto Miranda uh, and I remained in very close contact even in the six years that I served as an, um, a, an assistant corporation counsel. I had, um, even in the years that I was in New York, the congregation line of Judah, in fact, it, it, when I joined the church, it, its name was the Central Baptist Church of Cambridge. It, the church itself had gone through its own transformation. It, um, that's a whole other program. But Pastor Roberto had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. Translation, the church itself had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, the pastor had a prophetic dream that led to us changing the name of the church from Central Baptist Church of, of Cambridge to um the congregation line of Judah, the Congregación León de Judá. I say it's a little bit like watching Bruce Banner turn into the Incredible Hulk. God just had this vision for the church and a vision that the church should move from where we were in Cambridge into the heart of the city. Um, so just at the time that I started practicing law in New York, you know, simultaneously, Pastor Roberto, the Lord led him to this site in the South End at 68 Northampton Street. Um, 
uh, and uh, they were preparing, refurbishing, a, it was a, uh, rehabbing a building and turning it into a sanctuary in the years that I was in New York. They completed the work on 68 Northampton Street as a congregation in 1998. I came over for the inauguration of that. And I was sharing with the pastor um, uh, uh, over a meal, as we almost always <laughs> used to speak over meals. I said, Pastor, just just so much. Now that the, this is just amazing, now that the church is in the heart of Boston, um, that you know this this that that the Lord could do just a, for the transformation of the city in so many ways that we can. Uh, 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 see Boston impacted, and he said, "Well, why don't you do that?" And um, but in my heart, I was already ready. I said, "There's got to be a better way to um, run a railroad than uh, what I'm seeing in New York City Family Court." And he, uh, and he shared with me that uh, they had just the line of Judah had just received a grant. Um, in partnership with the Emmanuel Gospel Center, and um, uh, and um, a, a, and a local, uh, no, actually, a, a national philanthropy, to start these higher education resource centers. And said, uh, "We we need an executive director. Why not you, Sam? Executive director of the Boston Higher Education Resource Center. Well, first of all, if." You know, 23 years ago, if I would not have hired me for this role. Um, every, every word of that was wrong. One, I'd never been the executive director of anything. I, um, and uh, I, I uh, or, the, or supervised anyone but myself. And even that, not, not so well. And I didn't, knew next to nothing about college access or higher education. But I was convinced that the church could do much better, we could do better than what I saw in New York City. And I said, okay, God, we'll, we'll figure out how to do this together. And just as I had seen my dad, you know, the Lord through my dad and through my mom, you know, turning challenges into grace. I saw how God just opened, you know, just the Lord just started opening doors across the city and giving us favor. Long story short, after um, 23 years as the executive director of the Boston Higher Education Resource Center, we saw... Um, uh, a network of coaches, these are people who are, are themselves the first in their families to go to college, connect with students who are, the, who are connect with first-generation students inside Boston Public School classrooms across a, you know, uh, a network of 10 BPS high schools during the school day inside their classrooms. We... Uh, the Boston Higher Education Resource Center, uh, through a pro program known as Passport, is actually now incorporated into the curriculum 
of 10 and soon 11 Boston Public School high schools and just this just this incredible favor that's uh, on in a in a year this network of coaches serves 600 Boston public students making connections with them and um, and in, and our, our motto is destination greatness you know uh, of course because we're inside Boston public schools we're not you know it's it um, uh, uh, there there's nothing we're not allowed to have anything um, uh, inherently uh, religious as part of the cur- curriculum um, but the power of it it's we're it, what I run is a what we run is a missions agency, and Boston Public Schools is the missions field. These coaches are missionaries, and when they walk into a Boston Public School classroom, they just generate salt and light. And uh, we have seen an incredible impact. Eighty-four percent last year of the students who um, uh, complete our program in Boston Public Schools go on to college. And better than... Say the percentage again. 84% 84%. of them go on to college. And And right now, we've also launched an alumni success program working with our post-secondary students, uh, connecting also, you know, coaches as in high school, now on a college level. And, um, and there's a, also a network of mentors, including you know, students from InterVarsity and crew, who have these meaningful relationships with the same students that we served in high school. And we're seeing 80, better than 80%, 81% of the students who are starting off in college persisting successfully through college. Amazing fruit. Pastor Sam, amazing fruit, and fruit that is remaining. Right. Remaining fruit. When we come back from our break, let's talk a bit about the work of Miracle Mile Ministries mm-hmm. and the transition that, that you're in in your season of life, your perspective on that transition, and what the Lord is stirring up in your heart. Amen. How is Sam Acevedo's heart being quickened? by the Spirit of God in this season of his life. You can find out more at MiracleMileMinistries.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life. On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE, and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. 
You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Well, of course, before our break, we were talking about the Higher Education Resources Resource Center, HERC, Boston HERC, and the executive director who served there for over 20, what, 23 plus years, right. Sam Acevedo. He's doing a different kind of work. He's been doing transformational work throughout his career mm-hmm. in the legal profession, in education, and now as a pastor with Miracle Mile Ministries, we want to talk about that. But you can find out more about Miracle Mile Ministries at MiracleMileMinistries.com. So, Sam, talk to us about Miracle Mile Ministries. Uh, what is the ministry, and how vital is it to the city? Oh, it's, it is, um, let's put it this way. I, um, uh, there's a, you know, there's there's an invisible war happening in the city of Boston, um, and I think the front line is is you know the there's this visible demarcation of it um, across that area that you just mentioned, uh, Methadone Mile, um, and just just before we get you know even uh, dive into it, it's good to put some perspective on this. In 2018, the Boston Foundation uh, put out a report um, that uh, identified um, all six New England states as among the top 10 um, uh, states for um, opioid and fentanyl deaths in America. Um, that same study concluded that Massachusetts had, had twice the national average of deaths due to opioid addiction than the national average. Um, that was in 2018. Follow-up studies um, amid the pandemic actually found that from that base, the pandemic that isolated people and made people that much more depressed and that much more isolated, they've still yet to determine how far the bottom is, but there was a spike of opioid deaths. And, and it, it, the, the, the physical incarnation of it was this horrific tent city that popped up within, you know, minutes of Harvard and MIT and, um, and uh, the premier hospitals in America. It was as if the Lord were just rubbing it into the pride of this city. And the more that this city poured into trying to get rid of that tent city, and and um, and and rescue these the you know the lives of these people, the further out the tent city stretched. But where s- sin or brokenness abounds, grace says the word all the more abounds. 
and the the Lord, you know, the 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 Lord was preparing us for it. Um. So scroll back ten years earlier. Uh, a brother from our church who was an EMT just felt in his heart to start ministering to people directly by handing out sandwiches out of the back of his truck. That morphed into, you know, a breakfast where people from the street were invited into the basement of Lion of Judah, a place that during the 90s had served as a shooting gallery of an abandoned building. And now it was used for this breakfast. Of course, during the pandemic, we couldn't have an indoor breakfast. But that actually, Danny, turned into an explosion of grace. Because what it meant was that now we, we actually had to serve the breakfast out on the sidewalk. And churches from around the, the Boston area flocked to what we were beginning to call prophetically Miracle Mile like white blood cells to a womb so that what began as a breakfast at Lina Judah morphed into uh, a multi-church collaborative led by four, uh, by five core churches, Cornerstone Church, uh, Symphony Church, Antioch, Brighton, uh, um, Restoration City Church, uh, our, our, our newest core member, and the congregation line of Judah, but on a you know in a typical week, we'll have as many as a uh, a dozen different churches and ministries, or people from different churches and ministries. Hilltop Church from um, uh, uh, Cambridge and uh, students from YWAM and Victory Outreach, um, a, a a group of these incredibly anointed uh, Latino. Um, federal chaplains all gathering uh, to provide, uh, yeah, there's still that hot breakfast, but also um, uh, uh, real-time case management to, to these folks, um, a change of clothes if they need it. Um, uh, we've driven them directly from the breakfast to detox or rehab facilities in the area. Um, and, and during the week, uh, we have Bible studies actually inside um, uh, the Southampton facility and Woods Mullen and other shelters. So it has just ballooned into this gathering of the kingdom of God. We, we view it as a kind of spiritual warfare. Um, we, you know, so, and, and the wonderful thing is that many of our volunteers now and the people on whom we most depend to, um, de- you know, deliver this ministry, we first met as guests. You know, they came, you know, they came broken and homeless as guests in this ministry for the breakfast. I want people to go to MiracleMileMinistries.com and watch the video of Jerome Williams. Jerome came in in his 60s as a, you know, uh, living at the Southampton shelter and an alcoholic for as long as he could remember life. And God did a remarkable, 
miraculous, and it turns out permanent work of transformation in Jerome's life. As we close today, Pastor Sam, please pray. Amen. Pray for someone listening in their own two-square-mile realm of life Amen. that needs transformation. And may the Lord bless the Miracle Mile Ministries. Please Amen. pray for our dear one. Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're still the God who does miracles. We believe that there's power in the holy name of Jesus. We believe that you're the same God who, um, uh, Lord, you, you're the same God who, um, who called Lazarus out of the grave um, and, and gave him life. Uh, Lord, and uh, I thank you uh, for anyone who is listening now and dares to believe that if they were to trust in your name, their situation can change. Their mind can change. You can miraculously, miraculously provide for any need, Lord, that they are uh, that they're um, uh, suffering. Lord, you can he bring healing to them. But more than anything, you can give them a fresh start, a new tomorrow. God, we declare that their destination is greatness. And Holy Spirit, as they, if that's you and you're, uh, you're listening uh, at this moment, uh, just ask, ask God right now, Say, Jesus, I welcome you into my life and I give you um, everything that there is about my life. I surrender it to you. Uh, you know what you want to do with it? Just have your way with me. And now, and then just let, let the Lord surprise you uh, because the best days of your life lie ahead for anyone who's, who, who dares to trust Jesus and hand him their lives. We thank you, Lord, for Pastor Sam. We thank you for his work and ministry. You're calling on him. And we thank you for that prayer that touches our dear listener even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sam, thank you for being with us today. Amen. Thank you. It's an honor. Stirring words from Sam Acevedo. MiracleMileMinistries.com. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And uh, look, there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ as he just did. And for someone near you, and, and if you haven't done so, hey, the perfect moment to open your heart to Christ. I certainly believe that. Go to DrDanny.live for next steps and more resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Sam Acevedo, MiracleMileMinistries.com. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, web designer, Shana Kusumoto, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you. 
as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with the good life.